0: All right, let's go ahead and get started. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity that we're able to just dive into your word, Father. I declare in Jesus' name that, that you just minister to our hearts. Lord, I, I put myself to the side. I put my thoughts and opinions to the side, Lord. Holy Spirit, take full control of my words. Lord, may your, may your truth just be uh, revealed to our hearts and to our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all shout out amen and amen. So we all just got done with the season of Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Now, we all ate pretty good. I ate, I, ate, I ate a little bit for five days straight. <laughs> no, it was good food. But, but you know, when you, look at, when you look at Thanksgiving, a lot of times we just look at it as a season of Thanksgiving. Some, already, some of you guys already know where I'm going with this. See, the, uh, about two weeks ago, I got to watch this documentary. Actually, I went to a mayor's conference with my wife, and I purchased this DVD, this documentary that Kirk Cameron uh, put together called Monumental, which is my, my personal opinion. I thought it was a great, great documentary of how things happened, and um, I was learning so much about it. But it was about the pilgrims coming from the England, from England to, to new land, which is today America. They landed in Plymouth. And through that entire documentary, the whole purpose was to start a community, where they can exercise their faith, where they can take scriptures and read it without fear. And so when they they took this whole journey, a lot of us might even know this from school and what we were taught, but there's some things that weren't noticed, okay? Now, for the scriptures to be smuggled in to England was against the law, So they decided to escape and come here. I'm not going to share the whole documentary. This is not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is this. When they finally got here and they started community, when they started something and it started growing, they were giving thanks. They were giving The attitude, the gratitude of just thankfulness. I think we all know that. But when I saw that documentary back when they were being persecuted for their faith and reading the word of God on their own, (laughs) they were still giving thanks to God. And a lot of times, me personally, Jesse, can forget that. I can admit that. A lot of times, I can treat it as Thanksgiving as just November 25th, 24th, 23rd, whatever Thursday it lands on, when in reality, Thanksgiving should be a lifestyle. The whole reason and the whole purpose why I'm speaking after Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, about Thanksgiving, is because I want to remind everybody this is not just for November. <laughs> it's for year-round. Okay? It's for year-round. Jesus, when you look through the scriptures of the Gospels, when he's walking this world, he gave thanks daily. Every time he broke bread, he gave thanks. Every time he was with the disciples and he was fellowship, he, he gave thanks, and he did it daily. For instance, in the book of Luke, in, in chapter 9, you see a multitude of people where Jesus is teaching, and, and, and Jesus wants to feed them. <laughs> and he tells his disciples, hey, let's, let's feed these guys. Parap- I'm paraphrasing it, obviously. Let's feed these guys. But, 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 but Master, Jesus, we only, we only have two fish and five loaves of bread. <laughs> and watch what Jesus does. Uh, Luke nine sixteen. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Everyone say, he gave thanks <laughs> and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute them to the people. Now, if you would read on to that story, you'll see everyone <laughs> got fed. And then you'll see leftovers because he gave thanks. I'm pretty sure the disciples questioned, Lord, how, how are we going to do this? And like Jesus, always teachable moments for us, just grabs it and gives thanks for what he has. You know, I, when I look at my personal life, and I, and I see, maybe you guys can testify this too, uh, but when I look at my personal life, I've learned through the years to, to live, con- and to be thankful, and to stay content. You know, the Apostle Paul says it best. I know what it's like to have little, and I know what it's like to have much, but I've learned to stay content, And I believe the key word is learn to stay content. Even when you don't have enough or you feel like you don't have enough or maybe in the natural it doesn't look like enough. When you give thanks, when you're content and you give thanks, watch God intervene, however that looks like. Even when Jesus had the, the, the two fish and the five loaves, even when in the natural, when you looked at it in the basket, it wasn't enough. That didn't stop Jesus from t- uh, to give thanks to the Lord and say, hey, thank you, God. Thank you. Because when we give thanks, there's something. When we give thanks to God, there is something that God does in the mix of that, however that looks like. For this case, he fed everybody. He fed every single one and had leftovers for them. In First Thessalonians, you see Paul talking to the church of, the church, the church of Thessalonians. The Gentiles. And in chapter 5, starting at verse 12, he says this Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you and the Lord, who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Okay? All of that, what Paul just talked about, leads up to this now. Verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not some all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus again there are so many times where we can live thanksgiving only in november or only around our birthday or only around christmas time we treat it as a season when it should be a lifestyle when it should be a devotion when it should be our hearts and what Jesus and what Paul was talking about was to give thanks in all circumstances rejoice Give thanks. Well, what if I'm going through a tough time? He's saying, give thanks. But understand this. We have to develop a life, and that's the key word, develop, a life of thanksgiving or a life of gratitude. That is the whole reason why Jesus demonstrates it through his scriptures. Now, I have, again, four kids, and you parents that have children or have children right now that were at a young age, you guys understand when someone gives them something or, or, or whatever it is, a gift, what do we tell our kids? Say, thank, Say you. thank you, right? And what we're doing as parents is that we're teaching them to be grateful for what they have. Now, we also have those moments behind closed doors <laughs> where they're not grateful. And they question why, 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 why? Why can't I have that? Or is that just me? No, it's ever, Okay. Why can't I have that? And so we have to sit there, and we have to teach them, and we have to talk to them. I just had that conversation with my son last week. He's like, Dad, I don't understand why. Why, why, why? Why can't I just have this? Actually, what it was, funny story. I'm going to tell the story. I love stories. (laughs) We went to McDonald's, and yeah, I broke my, Pastor Danny caught me. He was at McDonald's. (laughs) So we went to McDonald's, all right? And so my son wanted a burger, No, he wanted, yeah, he wanted a burger, a cheeseburger. And, you know, we get our food, and he got a chicken sandwich instead. Honest mistake, okay, chicken sandwich, and was totally upset about it. Teachable moment. And I was able to talk to him about the food that we actually have, the option of McDonald's. Like, you get to go to McDonald's, but there are people out there that don't have these options, that they can look in the fridge, and there's nothing there. And so having that long conversation taught him so much. Last week, taught him so much on to be grateful of what he has, to be content to learn. All of it's for his good because as he gets older, he's going to pass that on to his children. And so when we when we understand the lifestyle of being having Thanksgiving in our heart, understand it's also needed it has to be developed in us. God understands that. And through his Holy Spirit, he's gonna teach us. Through his scriptures, he's gonna teach us that. Jesus demonstrates it. While he's walking this world, he demonstrates it. And and the only way that my son understood that is when I saw him pout about it. And my presence being there, I was able to take time and talk to him. My presence there was teaching him. If I wasn't there and he just pouted on his own or with peers, he would have never learned. But because of my presence, he learned something. He learned, and then when he went to the Holland Rescue Mission, the, the, the banquet, Thanksgiving banquet, he had a different mindset. He had a different heart. He understood and was able to be more impactive and effective and talkative to people because he understood now because of a lesson he learned a week ago. His presence, always being with us. If you have Jesus, his presence is always with you, okay? He will hold you accountable. He will teach you. He will show you. Even in our immaturity, he will teach you and develop you. And sometimes this is like, oh, but I really wanted that, But God will teach you through circumstances as well. That's why Paul says rejoice always in every, in all circumstances, because those moments are teachable moments for you. The way we we develop our thanksgiving in our personal lives and in our hearts is by living in his presence, okay? It is his presence that we live and we rest in that we're going to develop this thanksgiving lifestyle always. You see, I was talking to Pastor Danny the other day, and I love what he told me. He taught me something. He showed me something. He says, when we're in his presence, it's not, and we go out to people and we minister, it's not going, going out of his presence that we're able to do something. It's going with his presence that we're able to make an impact in people's lives. And that really resonated. If you didn't know that, that resonated in me. I'm like, man, that's right. Because so many times we can have a mindset, okay, I am filled up. Now I'm ready to go do what I have to do because I had my time with God. But God say no, my presence is not just idled here. Okay? When you go, I go. When you are on the line at work at the factory, I'm there too. When you're serving at a fast food restaurant and, and you're going customer after customer, some rude, some nice, I'm there too. Because his presence goes with us. And through those circumstances, through those uh, obstacles, if you want to call them that, we're able to learn and develop a thanksgiving heart. And it's all year round. If it's July, God will still use that and will still develop that. Now, there are a few ways that we can live a life of thanksgiving, I just want to give to you guys. I want to share these a uh, few ways where, where you can kind of just challenge yourself. Go to scripture, go to God, and say, Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to do? What is it that you're working in me where I can give a thanks in certain areas of our lives? Because if, I, if it's not work, if it's not a, a, a restaurant, or if it's not at home, it's somewhere where we can improve in ourselves and have a thanks, thanksgiving heart, a thankful uh, uh, heart. And the first one is this, for note takers. A life of thanksgiving is a life of rejoicing. Do we not have it on the screen? We're, okay, we're still having problems. So I'll make sure I, I clear it for everybody. A life of thanksgiving is a life of rejoicing. I'll make sure to slow down so everyone can get those notes down. Now, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, we're going back to the scripture I read earlier. We're going to take out one verse real quick. Verse 16, Paul says, Rejoice always. End of verse. Rejoice always. But let's be honest, okay? Sometimes we don't feel like rejoicing. We have those moments where we don't feel like rejoicing. And when we don't feel like rejoicing, sometimes we ask the question, what does rejoice really mean? If Paul is saying, if God's word is saying, rejoice always in every circumstance, then, and I don't feel like it, am I wrong, God? Am I shunned on God? And of course the answer is no, because we have to dive deeper. And when you go to Philippians chapter four, verse four, I'm gonna read verse four through seven. Paul says this, and he goes a little deeper. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice, explanation point. Okay, you guys got it up there, okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. I think he's making a statement here. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And I would add to all circumstances, okay. Okay. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, there it is again, all circumstances, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And, it's not over, he's saying, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding. That means your understanding as well, too. I'm just saying that. It will transcend all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That means you get to sleep at night. I'm just saying, you get to sleep at night because of having that thankful uh, heart, uh, uh, re- the thankful rejoicing livelihood in you. Now, to answer that question of, well, what about those times when I, like, I don't feel like doing, it? I don't feel like rejoicing? We need to recognize what Paul's Paul's saying or what he's actually commanding because he's not saying it's not just an outward smile where you smile your way through life and saying, oh, glory to God, joy to the Lord. He's not saying it's not not an outward, but what he is saying is that it's a supernatural power within you. Okay, that power, the Holy Spirit that lives in in you, it requires the Holy Spirit for you to have that thankful, rejoicing heart, that spirit. It, It has to come within to come out. And so whether, whether you are going through some trials, whether you're grieving because you lost somebody, okay, that season that you're in, or, or there's just so much things going on at work or, or relationships or with family, because of a troubled world, Paul repeats it. And he says, rejoice, with an exclamation point. You see, guys, to rejoice in the Lord always is an attitude of contentment and hope that transcends circumstances. That's what it is. A re- to rejoice in the Lord always is an attitude. Everyone say attitude. attitude. It is an attitude of contentment and hope that transcends circ- all circumstances. Philippians 4, 4, I just read. But check out the message translation. He says this. I'm going to repeat that scripture just in a different translation. to says, celebrate God all day. Okay, every day, I mean, revel in him. And the word revel is to be loud, be noisy in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. I'm gonna pause there for a second. You see, when you revel in the Lord, when you make it clear, he wants you to do it to let them know you're on their side, you're for them, not against them. And sometimes we need to check ourselves in that area. Well, we're trying to win people to the Lord, but what's happening is we're shaking them to try to do it the other way, and we're getting frustrated with them. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm in that. I've been in that position. Uh, last July, I was at kids camp, and um, I had a quick meeting. So the kids, all 200 kids were all through activities with, like, two counselors out there while everyone else was, was uh, having fun in the meeting. Let's just say that. But we were kind of regrouping. And for some reason, when I looked outside of the window in my meeting, I was able to catch my son, my oldest son, in line walking up the hill. I mean, and I'm telling you, the crack of the window was this big. Like it was God showing me something. I believe that. And, when I t- and my back was towards him. And when I turned around and I, locked, I watched for 10 seconds, I saw a boy cut in front of my son in line. My son tell him, I saw the gesture, so I knew he was telling him, dude, you can't do that. Like I could see the gestures. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. I just saw that. You're cutting. You're cutting. <laughs> and as he's telling him, the kid looks at him, and he just keeps walking right in front of him. And my son grabs his arm. Okay? And he pulls them out of line and he puts them back over here. No joke, I'm not exaggerating. He puts them back in line. He put them back because you belong. That's the order. That's what you're supposed to do. And the kid just kind of just shoved him off like that and just ran and gone. And I saw my son do this. It's a back view because that's what I saw, okay? I saw him do this. Okay? He was upset for 10 seconds and that little bit. I mean, 200 kids, go figure. I saw that. And I said, I got to talk to him later. And I talked to him. and I said, Joshua, bud, sometimes people will get out of order. And even though you tell them to do the right thing, they're not going to listen. But the moment you force somebody to do the right thing, you lost them. And that's why the kid ran. He didn't want to hear it from you. How many times do we walk in line of life praising God, and oh, someone's out of order. What are you doing? (laughs) They're not listening. You grab their arm, all right, and you bring them and you throw them in line. That's where God, man, we gotta stay in order. Think about it for a second. How many times do we do that? What God is teaching us, what God is teaching us is to be obedient to his voice and to honor his way. Because sometimes it ain't gonna happen. Sometimes people are just not gonna listen. But when you abide in Him, you would see God intervene. You saw it through Jesus' life the whole time, where Jesus saw a lot of out of order. And you saw the religious leaders <laughs> point the finger, get them out, they're out of order. But Jesus walked alongside with them. Jesus. Communed with them and talked to them. Jesus broke bread with them and gave thanks with them because he understood the way to reach these people is by my love and my compassion. And we can learn that. Finishing off that scripture, which I lost my spot, here we go. I'll start all over. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. All right, be noisy, in other words. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. Working with them and not against them. Help them to see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Okay? Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. You're worrying, then let the prayers and petitions shape that and it'll put it right back in the line. That's how you do it, okay? Uh, letting God know your concerns. Before you knew it and sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. A life of thanksgiving is a life of rejoicing in all circumstances we see that number 2 a life of thanksgiving is a life of prayer we just read that again 1st Thessalonians 5:17 going back to that one scripture that we read in the beginning pray continually what goes hand in hand is Hebrews 13:15 through Jesus therefore let us never cease Okay, never cease is pray continually. Let us never cease to offer up to God our sacrifice of praise, praise that springs from lips with which acknowledge his name. There are four elements when it comes to praying with a thankful heart or praying with thanksgiving. And I'm going to go right down the list for you guys. The first one is, uh, one of the elements is remembering what God has done for us remembering what he has done for us, and we remember that he's given us that eternal life. Number two, telling others about it. This last week we were talking about how is our witnessing going, about us talking about Jesus. Number three, showing God's glory to others. I'm gonna pause there for a second. How do you show God's glory to others? Hmm, well, you need to realize that your testimony Okay, And your life is his glory. So when you walk in those areas where no one's around and it's people you don't know, maybe people you don't like, you have a perfect opportunity to show his glory. Because your testimony, your life is his glory. It's devoted to him. And the fourth one is this. Offering gifts Of ourselves, our time, and our resources. You guys are really good at that, by the way. Offering our gifts of ourselves, our time, and our resources. In other words, just being the church, just being the body of Christ. Those are four elements that helps us have a a life of thanksgiving in our prayer. King David uh, wrote 73 out of the 150 psalms that we see in our Bible today, okay? And when David wrote, he wrote with what, what was in his heart. He wrote it on paper. He brought it all out, and he was empowered by the Spirit of God. And let me remind you guys, in them, we can read the prayers of thanks that David had. For his heavenly Father. I mean, he had the prayer of thanks for answered prayers in the Book of Psalms. He had the prayer of thanks for deliverance from difficulties. Uh, he had the prayer of thanks for God's greatness, the prayer of thanks for His protection, the prayer of thanks for His enduring mercy, and the prayer of thanks of His never-ending love, never-ending love. And I want to remind you guys that God still provides all those things for us today. He provides all that, all that for us today if we submit to him, all in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'll close it up with this one. Number three, a life of thanksgiving is a life of worship. A life of thanksgiving is a life of worship. Now, every Sunday morning, I have... Mighty, and I have a great time worshiping with you guys. But let me remind you guys something. Music is not the only place that we worship. You see, we worship in spirit and truth. That means whether you're at work, whether you're doing art, whether you're dancing, whether, whatever it is, when you devote it to the Lord, you are worshiping the Lord. Whether it's in your giving because you have the ability to do so, you are worshiping the Lord. Psalms 104 says this, enter. Everyone say Enter. Enter with the password. Thank you. I'm going to stop there for a second. (laughs) When I was a a kid, I love my kid stories. (laughs) When I was a kid, we had this clubhouse. It was a garage. It was an old garage. That's all it was. My neighbor's garage. But we had this clubhouse. And we put old furniture in there. Somehow, one one of my friend's moms put a TV in there, which we hooked up our video games, and it was awesome. Okay, but it was a bunch of boys, probably like seven or eight of us. We had this clubhouse, whether fall, winter, summer, spring, whether rain, storm or a beautiful day. We were in that clubhouse almost every day for a couple of years. It was just awesome. It was in our neighborhood. But you needed a password to get in. (laughs) I can't remember what the password was, but we had to have a password. We had to knock was password. And we give them the password, and they would open the door, and we would come in. We've had other kids come. What's the password? And they gave us, like, this, not the password. That's all I can say. Access denied. You can't come in. (laughs) Just being real. Because it was an area of our our brotherhood. I don't know. I don't even want to say it. It was just a fun time. We We were kids at the time. But let me tell you something. It is so good when you have the password. It's a good feeling when you have a password because I was accepted. Am I going somewhere with this, Pastor Danny? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna reread that now. Psalms 104, message translation. Enter with the password. Thank you. God's word gave us the password. He wants you. Make yourselves at home. See, when I was in that clubhouse, we made ourselves at home. It was awesome. We even tried to build a bathroom, which backfired on us. (laughs) <laughs> Don't ever do that. But we were trying to be creative. <laughs> Make yourself at home talking praise. <laughs> Thank him. Worship him. True worship is the outwork pouring out of our spirit toward God. In response to the truth of God. It is God. In other words, it is God's word that's confirmed in our hearts, that brings out that worship. Think about it for a second, church family. When you first came to Jesus, that thing you had in you wanted to come out. It was like a volcano ready to and you are ready to give him all your praises. I am not worthy, God, but I give you all my praises. The little that I am, you have it all. One way or another, we were at that point because it is his scriptures, it is his word. It is the rhema, the, the word of God that gets into our hearts that confirms our salvation, that confirms me being a child, that erupts my lips and my tongue to say, I love you, Lord. I glorify you, Lord. And to my actions and to what I do, I work unto the Lord, okay? into uh, forgiveness into it spills all over because of the truth. A life of thanksgiving is a life of worship. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning at 10 o'clock to get into worship. You can worship 24-7, 365. Church, I just encourage you, I close it with this. Thanksgiving is just not November. (laughs) Thanksgiving is every day. Thanksgiving is our lifestyle. People will see that. People will notice that because people's always on his mind pray father we just thank you right now lord for an opportunity just to dive into your word father lord i just pray that holy spirit you just resonate in us resonate in us right now speak to us now church earlier today we did we did a a salvation call look i don't want to embarrass anybody we're going to do some stuff a little bit different here today But if you made a genuine decision, if you made that decision saying, hey, I I, I came back or I'm first time coming to Jesus and I want to accept him, uh, I accept him in my life. I want you to connect with one of us, whether Pastor Danny, whether myself, whether someone that's on the team here, because we want to make sure we we know you by name. We want to pray for you and with you. So at this time, I just want to encourage you, church to live out for him. I'll close it in prayer. Father, I just thank you again for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you again that you just resonated in us. And Lord, if we made that decision, I just thank you that we're able to come out, Lord, and seek your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray.